Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that never shies away from tackling the toughest questions in the property world. And today we're asking what the outlook is like for Europe's key investment markets in the face of economic headwinds the like of which we haven't seen for many years. The weight of opinion is saying, I see the rise in the cost of debt, but I believe it's short term. Something is saying to them, not all of that has to go to price. Currently, right now, it's really pretty much core countries versus the rest of Europe. And the reason behind that is the pricing. Demand for real estate on on offices, on residential and on, on logistics is still strong. That translates into rising rents and that is contrasting with the with the movement on the on the interest rate. I'm Guy Ruddle and I have with me some of the finest Savile minds from around Europe. We'll start in Germany with Marcus Lemley, who is Head of Investment for Europe and CEO of Savile's Germany. He's in Frankfurt. Marcus, welcome back to uh, Real Estate Insights. Hi, great to be back. And Lydia Brisi is Director of European Research. She's in Paris for us. Hello, Lydia. How's Paris today? Hi, everyone. It's uh, it's a blue sky today in Paris. Oh, there you are. That's just the way it should be. And in the studio with me is Rashid Hassan, who's Head of Global Cross-Border Investment for Savills. He's based in London and he's been doing this for a number of years. You set up the team, didn't you, Rashid? The, 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 the cross-border investment team yourself 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Right. Let's, uh, let's crack on with this then. Lydia, can I come to you first of all, and just in terms of investment in these key markets of London, Paris, and uh, or the UK, France, and, and Germany, what's been happening in the year so far? Yes, well, first of all, the total investment volume for the second quarter of the year reached um, 63 billion euros. This marked a 13% decline from the same period last year, which was a particularly strong quarter. The slowdown in investment activity was not evenly widespread across Europe. It was mostly dragged down by a sharp drop in investment volumes recorded in Germany and the UK, which are the two largest recipient countries across Europe. So on the opposite side of the spectrum in France, the investment volume was 48% above Q2 2021. Investment activity in in France was notably fueled by a few trophy office assets located in central Paris, as well as a revival in in retail activity. As always in times of uh, uncertainty, the bulk of investors are shifting their attention back to quality assets. And we see the weight of capital increasingly focused on assets with strong fundamentals. That said, the pricing of the superprime assets in the very core European markets is under pressure in light of the current uh, inflationary environment. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want us to get into a uh, France versus Germany versus versus the UK thing too much, but I did notice you got in there. Your the France is doing fine in this quarter, but it's on a, on a wider picture. Uh, is there a sort of Northern Europe versus Southern Europe divide as well? Currently, right now, it's really pretty much core countries versus the rest of Europe. Uh, the rest of Europe, and the reason behind that is the price, the pricing. And Lydia and Guy, isn't it a question rather than um, opposing um, uh, trends? Rather, a question of 
timing. I mean, we've seen it um, 10 years ago in, in the crisis going in and going out uh, that the countries entered into uh, at different speeds. And this is what we're seeing uh, currently. We're seeing that this price adjustment going on in, in Germany since, um, since probably March, April, while uh, Southern European countries um, have still gone on with uh, good investment activity at similar pricing and um, have only over the summer started to to adjust. So I think I think uh, Germany, the UK, uh, France have just entered into this uh, repricing of the markets at an earlier stage. And Rashid, you were nodding there. So obviously the earlier in, hopefully, the earlier out? In in theory, yeah, it depends on how how much things move. Um, we we're working on different finance rates um, in in those two. If you take eurozone as 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 one one geography and then and then UK as another, uh, the everything has moved, but the UK moved first, and yeah. so was was first to probably start feeling a, a question mark over pricing, and now we're starting to see quite a lot of reality in terms of changes um and lydia referenced the um the demand for the the very core product and um, but there is some element of pricing pressure if you step away from that very core product and look at the pricing that we're seeing now there is a we've seen quite a marked move a really marked move well in 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 terms of price in terms of price So let's just talk uh, a little bit. I mean, I, we might be sort of teaching grandmothers to suck eggs a little bit here. But if we just think about, I mentioned earlier, that the headwinds, you know, the, the obvious ones, are, I guess, are what in, inflation, uh, rising uh, debt costs. These are, I guess, the, the, the key things. Marcus, are they the same in Germany as they are in the UK and France, for instance? Um, I guess we're all on a, on a similar interest rate uh, cycle. And um, and this is what makes this um, this price adjustment so 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 fast and so um, so, so tremendously uh, quick, because interest uh, the interest rate adjustment rising interest rates flows right through to um, the cost of debt and therefore impacts the return of uh, property investments straight away. So it's a, a very fast uh, transmission uh, process and, 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 and market activity in, in uh, late spring this year was impacted uh, very directly. On a second factor, we have to look at how uh, the economy is reacting and how um, the effect of inflation and higher energy prices um, affect Germany. There, I think the German economy has an additional um, an additional risk factor. So something to watch closely how that uh, energy price increase affects uh, the um, the German economy and how that then affects uh, occupier demand. So why don't we then sort of start looking at, at demand, both from the occupier side, but also from the investor side, this sort of unusual amount of price movement that's happened, as Marcus said, very fast, Rashid. You're talking to investors, obviously, all the time. Have they sort of got their heads? I mean, it's I know, a bit of a general thing, but have they got their heads around it and, and, and understood what's happening to the market properly yet? I think I actually think there's, there's a, a lot of confusion about the market at the moment. Investors... We're struggling to find investors with real conviction necessarily on direction of travel. We're coming out of a period of a decade, really, post-GFC, decade plus, of a pretty consistent environment of basically zero to minus interest rates. Um, If you look at the yields in London over that period, 
really in the last six, seven years, we've had an oscillation of about 25 basis points up and down around this sort of 4% mark. All of a sudden, we're coming to a point where interest rates are, you know, the all-in cost of debt in to buy a core, a very core London asset, it'd be 5% plus. But the yield is four and and lower um, in terms of what our, our official yields are saying. Lydia, do you, you must in your in your research, you must look at the look at yields and where you think they're going to go, and obviously where they've been and everything. What, do you have a view on that? Yes, well, in Q2, prime office CBD yield moved out by 13 basis point quarter on quarter to 3.55 percent on average across Europe. Um, prime yields softened uh, in half of the cities we monitor and remain stable in the other half. The strongest yield uh, decompression were recorded in core cities, including the German cities, La Défense, uh, London City, Paris CBD, and also in large cities close to the Ukrainian border, notably Prague and Warsaw. We we estimate the average prime office CBD yield will move up by approximately 30 basis uh, point annually in the final quarter of the year. And we expect yield decompression will spread across the continent and impact most European cities. So, 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 sorry, just to, so we're clear here, this is what is quite um, tricky for people to get their heads around is we're talking about a yield movement of 25, 30 basis points. The cost of debt has risen by... 200 plus yes. basis points and so what we're seeing at the moment is the weight of opinion or money is saying yeah 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 i see the rise in the cost of debt but i believe it's short term i i believe things are going to regress somewhat something is saying to them not all of that has to go to price because it's not all going to price yeah, at so, all so Indeed, Rashid. So we're seeing those headwinds from interest rates and the cost of debt. And on the other hand, um, the market is being supported by um, occupier demand. So demand for uh, real estate on on offices, on residential um, and on, on logistics is still strong. Um, so that translates into into rising rents, into active um, active leasing markets. And that is 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 really um, contrasting with the with the movement on the on the interest rate, so that's probably where this tension and and this price discovery has has the trickiest part and the biggest uh, challenge. And nobody who's investing in property, well, this, I, you'll, you'll tell me I'm wrong here, but n- no one who's investing in property is investing in property for the next year, right? If they're investing in property, they're doing it for ten years or whatever. So, or, or whatever Absolutely. it is, doesn't that change the dynamic somewhat? I think the I think the people who are investing now, the people who are most willing to put pen to paper now, are people who are investing as you just said, ten years long term. Maybe there's a small discount. Um, I'm buying something that is seen as relatively rare. Um, I'm placing money for different reasons. The pause seems to actually be more exaggerated from private equity, which tends to be buy, fix, sell, buy, fix, sell, five years, three years, shorter hold, where you've got to get your assumptions right because you've got to get out. Yeah, so that is really reflected in in investment activity in in the markets if you look at the profile of the of the investors so probably in germany if you look at the top uh, 15 uh, buyers in the market um, you have two 
investors with a short-term horizon, probably Oaktree, Tristan, who have uh, continued to buy to capture that uplift in rental values, which we are seeing in the market, two out of 15. And the other investors are in for, for the long game. And they're seizing this opportunity, which the current market presents of lower competition, um, slightly better yields. And we're seeing um, an insurance companies, Ampega uh, buying, we're seeing union buying, commerce buying, uh, but also um, Art Invest uh, to, uh, to continue to uh, represent uh, German institutional capital. Lydia, when you're looking at, at, at the investment community, are, are there particular uh, areas where investors are coming from? We've talked about the type of investor, but are there particular parts of the world where investors are coming from uh, now that they weren't before? Is, is, is there as much cross-border activity, for instance, as there used to be, or is it more domestic or what? Historically, in uncertain times, investors tend to reposition their activity domestically because their national market is easier to read, to understand, and generally also easier to access. This trend has not materialized in H1 cross-border investment figures, but we expect uh, the share of domestic investment to start rising in Q3 across Europe. That said, um, international cities such as London, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Berlin, Paris will remain magnet destination for cross-border investment. And additionally, beyond Europe's borders, uh, the weakening euro and the European real estate position in the global property cycle may catch some investors' attention. So all in all, for the next six months, we expect the overall cross-border investment activity will be reduced to established gateways and mostly fueled by non-continental capital. Yeah. Uh, Rashid, you know, we, uh, I've done um, as many episodes of Real Estate Insights as I've had hot dinners uh, about the, the, the Asian market and whether the Asian investor had disappeared and was coming back or whatever. I know you've, you've dealt with the Asian market for a long time. I mean, it's sort of part of what the, the, you've built this whole business for Savills in, in this. Are they still around? Have they gone? Are they coming back? What's happening? Um, Asian investors are often talked about like it's one country right. or one city. Right? A- APAC's a massive place. Yeah, that's that's a fair and, point. Yeah. Um, and and within APAC, you have uh, a huge variance in the type of investor as well. So the huge institutions down to the I say down to the private. Some of the privates there do bigger deals than the institutions. So lots of money uh, that still sits there. Lots of that money is still very much interested in uh, global investing. The currency point is being played by the private investors. So so look to for me to Singapore to Hong Kong. The bit that's gone away, which is very relevant for a, on a pan euro basis, um, for the time being anyway, gone largely gone away. There's always exceptions. Is the Korean money? Um, there are, they will be a big absentee from volumes. Um, this year, certainly, and, and probably into next year because of debt. And what about different sectors? Are there, are there particular sort of sectors, Marcus or Lydia, that that, uh, that you think are the, are the ones that, that are going to be attracting attention? Beds and sheds clearly has um, has had a has had a very strong years uh, in terms of in attracting capital, and we see that trend continuing. Um, it's it's more of a structural change 
uh, rather than um, just cyclical with uh, with the current market situation, um, but it's it's rather a structural change and the awakening of the of the residential sector, um, including healthcare, including student houses, housing a sector which offers uh, to investors very stable, very diversified income. Uh, so that uh, trend into rising interest for logistics and and residential we see we see continuing. Although of course currently both those sectors are are um, immediately affected by the current uh, situation, maybe a little uh, stronger than the the office sector. So we expect uh, slower activity there in the short term, and 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 stronger activity on the on the offices. And that said, of course, in the in the residential sector, the uh, the listed companies are uh, certainly looking intensively uh, to sell. Since um, since they're trading in public markets uh, with a, with a significant discount, so there's certainly an arbitrage from public to to private markets in the in the uh, residential sector currently. So in a minute we'll do uh, something I don't know our, our our little feature. But before we get to that, it occurs to me that uh, expos around the corner. I don't know whether any of you are going, uh, but I know Savills is sending quite a big team. Uh, what do you think the mood is going to be like? Well, I expect uh, to see um, a lot of vendors um, out uh, out there, um, openly or not openly, um, looking looking for price discovery and looking for for capital. So, I think I think we'll see um, a very interesting expo with with many investors uh, trying to figure out um, how they can continue to um, to develop their portfolios and 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 looking for uh, for for buyers so a lot i i expect a lot of uh, a lot of product everyone's trying to work out are we are we there yet or is there more to come in terms of uh, price moves and um and no one really knows and right? no one really knows but what we are seeing and uh is deals starting to happen is very real deals are starting to happen Right, let's finish with something I don't know, our, our regular feature where you have to come up with a little nugget of information that we haven't talked about already, but which sort of shines a bit of a light on this or, or, or sort of vaguely related sectors. It doesn't have to be very specific. It doesn't have to be very much related to this. Let's go from east to west. We'll, we'll follow the sun <laughs> and start with Marcus in, uh, in Frankfurt. Marcus, tell me something I don't know. 70, Guy. 70 is our... A prediction for the transaction volume, 70 billion euros this year, which is compared to last year, probably off 40%. Uh, however, compared to uh, the peak uh, of the last uh, cycle 10 years ago, um, we're still still well above those levels. So uh, the transaction activity in the German market is moving to a whole whole new whole new level, 70 billion euros of transaction volume. Reasons to be cheerful, part one. Lydia, uh, tell me something I don't know. I would uh, say that uh, it's time to seriously consider student housing. Uh, we have seen, we have recorded strong investment activity in student housing during the first part of the year. And this is unsurprising given the counter-cyclical nature of the sector. And during economic slowdowns, which ultimately affect the labour market, the number of students rise and the demand for student accommodation is, is growing. Excellent. And finally, Rashid, tell me something we n- none of us knows. Um, you touched on about, or someone touched on energy costs. So tenants, the people that pay our rents in these buildings for investors, 
are facing a really big challenge. And I saw an electricity, a tracker of monthly electricity bills to a tenant over the course of a year. It was eight times higher last month. You see, Marcus started with reasons to be cheerful. You've ended up with the absolute opposite of that. Oh, my word. <laughs> Listen, all of you, thank you so much for that. It's been great to sort of get different views from different parts of uh, parts of Europe uh, on this subject. Uh, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is whet your appetite for more information, there's loads you can find on the, real estate, on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk forward slash research. If you're going to Expo, is any, are any of you going to Expo? I will be there. Yeah, Rashid will be at Expo. Marcus, will you be there? Yes, of course. We'll be there with a the big team. So seek them out and they'll buy you a drink or something. As I say, that's it for this episode. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.